listening to the Infinity Festival Hollywood Podcast. I'm John Gaunt. The Infinity Festival Hollywood Podcast features top creators and technologists as they explore how to push storytelling to the next level. Now, these sessions from the 2021 Infinity Festival Hollywood are presented by Z by HP, NVIDIA, XLA, and co-presented by Qualcomm. The next edition of the Infinity Festival Hollywood will take place November 2nd through November 5th, 2022 in Hollywood's Vinyl District. Visit www.infinityfestival.com to learn more about this year's event. This show drills deep into volumetric video, the ability to capture and manipulate objects or locations in 3D in real time. John Canning from AMD talks with three studios about how volumetric capabilities are now infrastructure for developing immersive experiences for the metaverse. Jenny Ogden from 4D Fun, Christina Heller of Metastage, and Hayes Mackeman of 8i guide the audience through the ins and outs of 3D media capture and how that ability will transform entertainment and beyond. All right, so wrapping up the day with a very exciting final panel here on living in the volumetric space, 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 <laughs> um, volumetric capture. And we have an illustrious panel here headed by our moderator, John Canning, and we're going to see some exciting stuff. And this has really been a great deep dive all day long into the metaverse, and I personally hope to come back. So. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. You hope to come back? You hope to come back in the metaverse? Yes. To, okay, great. This is, um, yeah, so I think this is, the, we get to have, the, we're, we're pitch hitting the end. We get to have fun here. And then we can debunk everything they said all day long about the metaverse. I think that's, that's awesome. Um, but to me, this is one of the most exciting areas uh, simply because it's like, how do we create our digital personas, our digital selves? How do we get ourselves into whatever 3D space we're going into? I will try to avoid saying the M word and at all, um, uh, <laughs> just repeatedly. Um, but I've got Hayes. Yeah, that's me. Welcome. That's me. Yeah, th there you go. Jenny. Hello. And Christina. Howdy. And each one of them is going to step through a bit of what are the shenanigans they're up to uh, and perspectives. Uh, and we'll get into chatting a bit more about it after that. And uh, don't worry, there will be time for questions. But hold your questions until the end. Um, is he back from the bathroom yet? Look at him. Oh, look, he's, oh. he's even zipped his fly. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Hayes, why don't you give a quick introduction to who you are? Yeah, what you guys do and why this man's going to be on the screen. Is that man going to be on the screen? Someday. Oh, look, he's on there the screen. There he is. Take it away. Brandon, there's 65,000 people staring at you right now. Um, so uh, we're 8i. We're a volumetric video company, um, which is we'll get into the technology more. Uh, what I'm showing you right now is a live feed of volumetric video from our Venice studio. So this is in real time. It's about probably 200, maybe 250 milliseconds of latency. Brandon... Uh, pretend to be somebody who knows what they're doing on a regular, uh, that's not it. Um, but anyway, you should be able to pick up the audio. Brandon, can you clap your hands? Thank you very much. There we have a little audio. So what this is right now is, uh, uh, you know, we've never actually done this before, uh, so it's working. It works. Uh, but essentially this is just, this is just WebRTC delivered volumetric video, um, 
have have Logan come in there with you and give you a hug just to really bring the moment home. Uh, so you can yeah, do multiple Logan, people on. here at once. This is we also have a live broadcast feed which runs over HTTP, which is uh, a little bit long, uh, more like a 10 second delay. But in general, our whole idea is basically, and I'll put a little hang on there, guys. Well, I'll cope with the slide in a second. But basically, our our core is like authenticity in the digital world, and I think we'll get into what that means in the Q and A. But our our goal is basically how do we put humans in immersive spaces in such a way that it's relevant. Um, and so we'll talk a little bit more about that. Guys, uh, anybody want to see anything or need any more evidence that these guys are exists and are humans? So and this this will stream over whoa, web, whoa, whoa. web AR, you know, web AR, VR headsets, all that. Anything that supports a browser. Uh, a martial arts fight where one throws never Logan, punch Brandon for me. <laughs> so uh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, uh, defense, defense. So you can see the potential in this. Guys, I'll, I'll, I'll let you go, I'll, and I'm going to cover a slide, and then uh, we'll move on, okay? So, guys, thank you very much. Bow to the crowd. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. There we go. Wonderful. Ah. Thank you very much. Well done, gentlemen. Everyone. Thank you. Cheers. So, I'll close that. So, I put together one quick slide to, uh, to basically say, like, what is it, right? So, what is volumetric video in the metaverse? Because the metaverse is a buzzword, man. Look, we're all going to make millions of dollars off this stuff. Anyway, uh, so where does it fit in the equation? Volumetric video is infrastructure to the, to the immersive world, if you will. What does it actually do? Well, actually, in my view, provides for two core utilities in that space. Sense of presence and digital twins. What applications are derived from those two things? Communication, social media, entertainment and events, sense of presence, I'm there, I'm seeing it, it's real, it's authentic. And then digital twins, games, NFTs, medicine, and enterprise, industrial training, things of that nature. So, so what? Well, that's, th I made this number up because you can do that when you're me, but I said that's 75% plus <laughs> of the metaverse apps. So it's important. Um, and, uh, you know, just a quick thing. This was a you know, welcome to the metaverse. Wait, this is the future of the internet? People with ar without arms? Some, without right? Life. Like, if this is the future of the internet, like, count me out, man. I'll go back to, like, Steinbeck novels and, you know, and, and, uh, and find Cuvassier. Uh, so, so my thing is, like, and, you, and users don't like it either. I mean, this is just from, we, we did a cursory pull of comments off of, like, YouTube, you know, posts for stuff like this, and, you know, but my favorite one is I'm glad they were able to accurately replicate the dead looks my colleagues give me in real life. That's a factual statement, man. That's, look at that. They don't, those people don't look happy. They look fake happy, plastic happy even. So we're going to try to change that. Um, so we'll talk more about it as we go. But anyway, that's my spiel and I'm sticking to it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, all right. Now this is standby for a brief uh, umbilical passing. <laughs> Cable passing, cable you come tossing. For, you, you thought you came for the volumetric video, but you really oh, came sorry. for the comedy. <laughs> you didn't need that computer. Thank you guys for setting that up. Yeah, this is, you know, how many computers can we randomly plug in? <laughs> oh. The computer's alive. Uh, ooh, <laughs> nice. Well, <laughs> How's that looking? That was like a... That, hey, extra for that in visual effects, by the you, way. You do. <laughs> It's part of the course. That was my old job. I don't do that job anymore. <laughs> All right, Jenny, you ready to rock and roll? Absolutely. 
So my name is Jenny Ogden, and I'm co-founder and COO of 4D Fun. And we have a volumetric capture stage in Culver City. And we're also building a platform, which is set to release in January, uh, that will feature uh, as the premium experience right now will be in VR. And it'll feature multiple uh, volumetric performances. Uh, our big focus right now is on music. Um, there'll be comedy, there'll be theater, there'll be every kind of live performance uh, in, uh, in the platform in volumetric performance. So um, I, I think what we're doing right now is um, really groundbreaking. Um, it's also a full NFT exchange marketplace and open source creator platform. So um, I, I'm going to play a little bit, a little video about what volumetric is, and then I can talk a little bit more about what we're up to. Welcome to 4D Fund's unique, state-of-the-art volumetric capture stage. So what is volumetric capture? Let's take a tour. The 4D Fund stage is equipped with an array of 32 cameras that film in sync to render a three-dimensional image, or more precisely, a three-dimensional human being. We are able to place the individual into the very environment of their production, yielding drastically reduced production time and cost. Utilizing new and differentiated camera technology with more vivid results in virtual productions for film, TV, commercials, as well as VR and AR applications. Spatial computing systems are nothing new. A smartphone, for example, is a spatial computing device because it has depth rendering ability. Putting digital objects into the physical world, and that's exactly what we're doing here at 4D Fun, but on a much larger scale. This is much more than simple motion capture and green screen technology. Volumetric capture provides the freedom of a virtual environment coupled with a single physical performance captured from every angle in a single take. The flexibility of camera angles, lighting, and environments in post allow for numerous other applications and cross-platform deployment of a performance. This is the future of content delivery. Anyways, um, so that's uh, that's what we're up to. We're looking at um, really making sure that we're future-proofing all the content that comes out of our system, and we've been working to optimize what we're doing with Volumetric. Um, so we've taken the, the core system that we have, and we've worked a lot on the workflow and our capabilities to overcome any limitations um, that are traditionally a part of volumetric that you would expect and also the time so we can you know we can uh, capture 90 minutes straight we can do a full concert performance in the in the platform in the stage excuse me and um and we're able to render um uh, very quickly and we're seeing some really amazing content come out of it so um content that doesn't need you know two weeks of cleanup and post so fun all right, Christina. All right. Well, uh, I'm Christina Heller. I'm the CEO of MetaStage. It's so awesome being up here with 
these volumetric video experts and we're all singing the same song. It's like for the volumetric OG. Yeah, for sure. Um, so Metastage is a volumetric capture studio as well. We launched in 2018 as the first North American partner for the Microsoft Mixed Reality Capture System that Microsoft spent uh, 10 years doing R&D and development on. And we were like lucky enough to be the first company to usher it into the commercial sphere in North America. And, you know, in the past three years, we've done over 200 productions that span use cases in music, sports, fashion, training. We've captured a lot of famous athletes, famous models, famous uh, celebrities. And uh, yeah, so we have a, a, a cool little sizzle reel of just some of our work. We really, uh, I, one of the things I'm most excited about right now, oh, I'll tell you afterwards, go for it. in your home. Just point your phone at the QR code and I'll show up as a hologram. Oh. It was just awesome. Hello, hello, it's me. They were taking action. They were standing up against police brutality. They were standing up against the system in a way that had rarely been seen. Yeah, so a few things in there that I'm really excited about that are sort of new. Uh, one is the Charlie XEX commercial we did with Samsung, where the volumetric asset is, was used as the hero asset in a framed commercial production. So I think for a while there was this question of, we already knew like volumetric assets could be background actors in framed media production. But the question was like, could the quality be good enough that the main character was captured volumetrically and the, all of the you know camera moves and everything were done in post? And we partnered with RGA on that. And we like purposely also did some gr traditional green screen shooting at Metastage simultaneously, like in case the volumetric captures like wouldn't hold up for close-ups. But when we got to post, they really, really did. And so now, like, I'm showing this to VFX companies and agencies saying, like, you know, we ended up saving them tons of time, like, time and money because they were originally going to bring Charlie to a physical location and, like, rent all this gear to do these, this big, like, elaborate physical production. Instead, Charlie just got to show up, do her move on the stage. It was super easy. And then they got to spend, you know, their time in post, like, fabricating these amazing virtual worlds and doing these incredibly cool camera moves. So that was the one thing that like, was sort of new that, that came out in the last couple of months and I think was a really exciting development for us to just be able to play a little bit more in that traditional media space. And then also we did the Halloween Kills Snapchat filter, which was really fun too, because it's always fun when you can you know debut on a new platform. Uh, we're excited to hopefully do more work with Snap in the next you know year or two, so anyway. Fun stuff. Uh, there's so many directions we can go. Um, but I think the first thing, and, and remember, we got this audience here, and then we got a bunch of people out there, wherever they are, watching this. Um, but I think there are three great companies here doing all this cool volumetric stuff. I'm going shopping for volumetric. I want to go do, how do I say as a producer, like, like, figure out who to work with or <laughs> come me. on john come on <laughs> really me 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 but i mean but what is there any differentiators or is it oh, yeah. i mean is it you know because uh, i know all of you and i know you all have great stuff and like 
are there areas of focus that you're like, hey, I'd go to you if I was focused? Like, how do people, yeah. like, what are the deciding factors? You know, what is the, I don't think it's just price and speeds and feeds necessarily, but is it? I, I don't. Yeah. It's, uh, I can, I'll go first because, you know, why not? Because um, <laughs> you make shit up. I mean, look, the, the di so 8i is a little different. Uh, we're not, we do production, uh, but we're not, we're the technology. So, and our philosophy on it, we, we do have a my integration, all that good stuff, but like we're building the technology, so we don't we don't stop anything to like fix frames and do all that. So if you need a lot of because we're just we're building code and there's forks and it turns into a mess. It's just what you get is what you get. Um, so if you're doing something relatively simple, um, our stuff would be good. We I think they're doing like production services on a different level than what we do that integrates a lot more stuff. Certainly you could use our volumetric video system to do it, but we as 8i are not where you would go if you need like a ton of cool stuff in addition. You come to me, it's more like cowboy, like show up, we'll shoot some stuff and send some files and <laughs> you just go have a good time. Uh, that's kind of, so I would say that would be, a, to me, that's a big, a big differentiator. What do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. So, and I think what Christina and, and I at Stage and 40 Fun are doing is a little more similar. Mm -hmm. um, we have a production model. Um, we're both getting amazing results from our systems. We have different systems. The technology is different. The processing is probably a little different, although I haven't worked in your stage and you haven't worked in my stage. So, um, I, John's been in both stages, but I know that um, uh, we have a... Um, maybe slightly different focus. Um, we've been working a lot with music. I know you work with music as well. Um, we're doing this digital artist program and pushing towards this platform where we're going to have hundreds of concerts available on the platform and all of those concerts will be minted as NFTs where the artists ultimately have an opportunity to really monetize their work, their art, and their performances. And the people that purchase those NFTs can also become promoters on our platform and host concerts and ticket those concerts. And the artists, of course, get paid every time a ticket is sold for those concerts within the platform. So it's a different model that's um, that we're really pushing towards in addition to our traditional production model where where we welcome, you know, film TV commercials apps into the studio um, to, to rent the space and, and create volumetric video and process it. So um, but the big push for us right now is the music. Um, the artists come in for free. We don't charge a penny. We don't charge recoupables. Um, we're building. We're building this platform together, and it's open source. Source and really um, building a creator's economy with the platform. Cool. Yeah, um, and I want to say first of all, what an incredible feat it is that he just live streamed volumetric yeah. into this room. Like honestly, like I, I don't know if everybody quite realizes like how far the tech has had to come to make that possible. So like kudos to you for oh, that. Um, and, and I will also say what Jenny and 40 fun are doing is, is very innovative and very cool. And, and it is different. Like we're not trying to build a platform at MetaStage. Um, and so I'm not even going to begin to try to compare, but I'll tell you like when I'm selling MetaStage, like what I'm, what I say to our potential clients, which, you know, I, I, I feel like our emphasis is always on 
like a premium experience where the client can come in and they can, it can be their first time trying volumetric video and you will get a professional production experience, you know, in the way that you would expect a production to run from, from beginning to end. Um, we focus on quality above everything else. So we put a ton of time into pre-production and consult to make sure that we get the absolute best capture on the other side of that. And I was actually talking to uh, my new friend earlier about this. You know, the Microsoft system is an incredibly robust and amazing system for getting high quality volumetric. But at, at MetaStage, we've also spent three years like perfecting and learning that technology so that we are getting, I think, some of the absolute best quality out of that volumetric stack from Microsoft. So, you know, we are a pro hardcore production team who are experts in technology as opposed to technologists who are doing production. And I think that speaks in, in the work that's delivered. And we have happy clients out there who come back uh, for repeat work. But it's a professional production studio. Like, I mean, I, as a, like a hardcore, like creative and like immersive nerd, like try my hardest to, to like, to everybody who wants to work with MetaStage, like I really try to make it work. Like I've given crazy discounts before we've given, like I've started programs for independent creators because like, I never want a good idea to go away because they can't afford to work with us. But at the end of the day, we do charge to come and use the studio because we're a pro professional soundstage. So yeah, anyways, if you're interested, you or you, anyways, feel free to contact us at team at MetaStage. And um, by all means, go with whomever is the best technology stack for your needs. Well, and, it, and again, d differentiation here, right? Like it, yeah. it, at, at, at the top, it was like, hey, it's a bunch of volu volumetric capture stuff. And we're seeing those videos and people are like, uh, so volumetric capture. There's mocap and creating digital characters. There's volumetric capture. There's video. Why would I go with volumetric capture? What is and 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 I think you know that question's evolving quickly and rapidly as quality and things are changing. But what's the what's the deciding factor? I'm a, creating an immersive experience and I'm trying to figure out how to put people in it. Um, talk about your technology. Talk about what you guys are doing and what I think is evolving and decisions to your point at the at the end uh, around the the commercial yeah that's not something necessarily somebody would have contemplated a couple of months ago necessarily yeah. so going out and showing that to somebody that's a game changer yeah. so yeah, it, uh, it's, it talk about yeah from just your perspectives it's too why this it's twofold the first one is it's easy it's video cameras so performance wise some you know somebody comes in and says i want to do 3 minutes how long am i in the studio and you say Five minutes? I mean, it could be that fast, at least for us. Uh, it's a little, So I think just from a simplicity perspective, it's really easy to create uh, immersive content. And then the second thing is it's it's photo real. I mean, right? I mean, that's the, that's the, uh, that's the authenticity part. At some point, um, it's just photo real, man. Like when I do, when you put a, it, it, this doesn't really do it justice. When you talk to, like I talked to my CTO using the real-time stream when we started to test it and all that. When you're sitting there in a, in a VR headset talking to another human being, it's completely photo real. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's like when only the real thing will yeah, do. Yeah, you know, exactly. you know, yeah. You know, they're like, even with the advancement of metahumans and synthetic characters and the amazing breakthroughs we've seen there, those will always be synthetic. And what we will always have is the real thing. And 
you know, if, if you need the real person or the authentic performance, then, then volumetric capture is the path to, to making that, to making that happen. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, I would say also that, that difference between what you're seeing as far as connection when you're, especially when you're in VR, you know, you don't want to see a dead eyed avatar. You want to see a real performance. I mean, it's just such a huge game changing, you know, uh, difference. Um, the, the team we have over at 4D Fun is, um, they're amazing. My partners are serious technologists, um, pr production, you know, obviously production um, professionals. Um, we've got a couple of people that are that have been very active in the producers guild for decades and um, know how to do production. And we also have um, our CTO has managed the workflow and improved the workflow for Disney and for um, he was. He was with South Park for years, and they they turn out content like crazy. And he was in charge of making sure that they had their workflow and their production quality down. So we've got an amazing team. Yeah, on I wasn't board. trying yeah. to indicate that you guys so. are technologists, not production people. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, I, I was up until August the vice president, the producer. Yeah, for so sure. I, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. We we definitely run professional um, uh, productions, and we also. The content we're getting out of this system, like I said, is just amazing. Um, we don't have limitations. I can't imagine telling a hip hop artist that he can't wear his bling in the stage. You know, we're, we're capturing instruments and yeah. guitars and violins and uh, capturing a lot of things that have been a, a challenge. Our team's spent years um, actually perfecting that. So um, definitely uh, our technology teams worked in volumetric for several years as well. So. so Photoreal. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't photoreal, but, and it wasn't, I mean, it's not 4K quality. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, so, but where are we at? I mean, like I said, saying you can put it in a commercial mm -hmm. and it, you know, broadcast, that's a game changer. And that's only recently, and, and uh, you know, I've put on the headsets and I've mm -hmm. gotten close to the characters and you've got the, the flat mat, uh, you know, sort of the flat, you know, look to it. Um, I, I, you gotten better. I respectfully disagree right. on that part, uh, but you know, uh, to each their own. As it, it's is not it, a, is as it, I tell. Yeah, look, what, what, live broadcast of yeah. volumetric video into experience is not a software problem anymore. It's a hardware problem that just requires ROI for capex. That's all it is. There's no. We can run, you can layer GPUs, you can add more viewpoints. All the same software runs no matter what. So like when people, and I talk to everybody on, under the sun who could write checks from 10,000 to 10 million, and they're like, what's the, how do we get there? And I say, find an application where you can make 60 million and you'll spend four, uh, and you're good. You don't, that's, there's nothing left. Uh, there is, there are machine learning and all that stuff, of course. Can it get a little better? Can you get a little more out of it? But uh, of course you can, but uh, this is not a, uh, there's not an application in search of a tool. There's tools in search of an application. Um, you know, can you do a seven meter uh, area with multiple participants doing a bunch of things with no green screen and have good quality come out of it in very fast times? A hundred percent you can. It's right. not, it's just a, it's a CapEx problem. Yeah. It's not a software problem. I mean, it's more of a CapEx problem than a software, or hardware problem than a software problem at this point. Well, Good. to get back also to the question of why volumetric capture, why you might want to do it, I feel like 
as a tool for archiving, it's also a really amazing um, process. You know, when you capture something at any one of our stages, you've captured like this particular person at this particular moment in time in their career or in their life. And, you know, that becomes something that is that we can reference, you know, using spatial technologies for hopefully hundreds of years. So there is also this like feeling of when people come to our stage and they do this, that it's like whatever photographs might have been like way, way back in the day, when you go back and look at those, you know, we have captured like the essence of these incredible public figures and uh, at this specific moment in their lives. And it's and it's real. I don't know if it would have the, like if let's use like the Ariana Grande performance that she recently did in Fortnite as a as a counterexample. Like if we had if we had the privilege of capturing Ariana at our stage. I'm not sure, I, I guarantee you that the volumetric capture of Ariana Grande performing would hold up over time much in a much more significant fashion than the avatar that she puppeted in her performance. Uh, and I don't know, it's that reverence of the real, of the real and the real performance that I think is like inherent in volumetric capture. And like, as somebody who comes from like documentary and journalism, that like that's part of what like speaks to the tech for me. Like I wouldn't want to be in the metaverse if it was only all to your point synthetic characters. We need to bring like the real yeah. the real world there too. Yeah, absolutely, and I agree with what you're talking about too. Is really building legacy, mm -hmm. building legacy for icons, celebrities, uh, artists. Obviously, um, it's a living legacy and it's a future proof legacy. It's um, something that's looking to the future and not into the past. I think um, the future of content really is in this space. It's volumetric, it's 3D, it's not gonna be a 2D future. Uh, that's gonna be the cassette tape pretty soon here. So um, having that living legacy available and archivable, um, our systems, uh, it's an AI driven system as well. So it's really future proofing content, um, really future proofing the content delivery, because right now we're looking at a lot of VR, but that's the, that's the right now, the future spatial computing, um, glass is coming. Everybody's going to be having these shared spatial computing experiences and all of the content that we're capturing now will be ready for that as well. So you were showing live broadcast. Again, that's something that's been hard. Yeah. What are some of the other things that we're seeing in volumetric? I mean, it used to be that lighting was a, a real big issue. It was like flat lighting. You talked about the bling on characters, you know, please don't come to the stage with anything but, you know, no fuzzy hair, uh, clothing restrictions and things like that. So what kind of tech barriers are you guys breaking down? So, you know, somebody that's done, looked at volumetric capture, say even six months ago, it should be rethinking how they think about it. Absolutely. I mean, I think that that every week we're we're pushing the system, we're training the AI to really recognize that the human body and human movement and instruments, which has in the past been, I think, very difficult. Um, objects in in volumetric have been very difficult. Flowing hair, shiny objects, um, fur coats, uh, a violin bow. Um, you know, we've we've been training the system to really understand that, and uh, super happy with yeah. that as well. Um, I would say a few years ago, there's no way you could do that. So. We we're lucky because our customers never listen to us when we say what not to do, and then when they shoot it, it it doesn't work, and we gotta uh, you know we have to take that data in. So, for example, we put a facility in Korea, and of course, you know, no long flowing robes and all these 
lots of long flowing robes, man. So you know what you do when you fix it. You fix it. Yeah. You know what happens if you're like, uh, I, if I could count, if I could have a hundred dollars every time my engineers told me not to do something with volumetric video, and then I shot it and it worked, I would have. Six hundred to seven hundred dollars, uh, but uh, uh, but uh, um, you know, be, like you'd be funding. Oh, we did like a fire breather, right? You blow fire. Out. Well, there's no way the fire will reconstruct in space. You know what happens when you blow fire in volumetric video? It reconstructs in space. Uh, reflective objects, sure. I mean, there's things that are happening, but yeah, the the best way is people. Nobody listens when you sell technology. Nobody listens to what you tell them not to do, and then as soon as it's a real problem, like somehow these things just get fixed. I don't know how else to describe it. If it's a philosophical or a conceptual problem, tends squirt gums come out, you know, yeah. smoke, smoke, you know, gets blown when it's a thing. Oh, all right. I guess it'll work. Yeah, we have a similar <laughs> attitude, which is like when in doubt, test. Yeah. You know, we have, there'll be best practices, and then you go out and you test a, some wardrobe or a prop, and it comes out fine. You know, yeah. I, I feel like, like when we did the, we did like, uh, released this Lara Risotto capture a couple of years ago, which was like a, a, a music video that we launched on the Metastage app. She's wearing this like really shiny outfit and she showed up with it as one of her wardrobe choices. And to be honest, like if we had been eyeballing and we had just been like looking at it, we would have said, you know, don't go with that one, go with like a safer bet. But we just, we tested it and we're like, oh my God, this looks amazing. And so that ended up being the one we went with. And so a lot of times you just have to, to try it out, see what it looks like. And it's a lot about the threshold, your threshold for quality too. Like when we did a lot of our work with Jadu, like our partners at Jadu, Usid does not care about clean captures. Like that's not, he cares about like totally capturing the authenticity of the artists. So, I mean, we have this one capture on the Jadu platform she, she, or they're wearing a hat, glasses, they have a long flowing robe. Like it's literally all of the deal breakers, yeah. but at the, we're not going to tell a client they can't do that. So we capture it and it looks like what it looks like, you know, and you can decide if that's the, if that's what you want to go for or not. Um, and again, like for him capturing them as they are with all of their stuff, that, that was the priority. Other clients, you know, let's say we're working for, you know, like one of the big splashy tech companies, you know, they're going to want it to be like clean, like as clean, clean, clean as possible. In which case we're like, all right, well, if you want to do it that way, then you want to probably do your hair like this. Here are some like textures and clothing patterns that capture particularly well. So you're anyway. totally missing the boat on that stuff anyway. Who? Just we've done content tests left, right, front, center. The, uh, at least for an initial period of time, the novelty overcomes any issues with quality, but you run into, which is frustrating because we're, you know, these companies started as the dumbest platforms in the world. But anyway, uh, you know, it has to be like the 100% mega or else we can't even tuck, mm. dip our toe in. And you're like, you guys, you're missing a, which creates a huge opportunity for anybody who will take risk. I'll tell you that because there's a ton of people who could literally in one fell swoop run this whole darn thing. And because they're so worried about if someone's hair is going to look wrong, they're going to miss the whole damn boat. And you know what? They earned it. Uh, <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I tell you, like the, people, when they see the content, if you do any, all of the user studies, it's there is no content expectation among consumers. There, it doesn't exist. It's a figment of your imagination. It's literally just your desire to not give a darn uh, is really what the barrier is to doing cool stuff in volumetric video. It's, I, I can't put it any simpler than that. Um, just if you're trying to figure out like yes or no, 
Just get on the just get in the car, man. Let's go for rides. Come on. <laughs> the ability to not give a darn. I think I I, I think that's going to work. All right, uh, we're going to grab some questions. Ed. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm wondering um, these models that you guys are uh, capturing. What platforms can actually support that? Metaverse type platforms can actually support that now. Because I mean, I've seen the demos, the mesh, mm -hmm. and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But you know, those are probably very high performance or, you know, special software. Yeah, and I'm just repeating for the nice people out there so they don't wonder what question. So uh, one of the folks out in the audience, Ed, by the way, uh, ask, where where can I put these? Where can I use these? These being the volumetric captures, what's in, I guess, output format, right? Like, where, what can I put it into? So, right. so I, our, our format is a 4DS file. And it's native. You can imp you can port it natively into Unity and and Unreal, and then an Alembic file can be created to bring into Maya or Blender or any of the traditional production tools as well. So it, it's it's pretty flexible, um, you know, as far as porting it into VR. Um, we've uh, we've we've uh, had a lot of success with that um, in streaming it into our platform. Um, there's not, I, I think there's not a lot of platforms right now in VR that, that completely support that. Um, for instance, I don't think you can really bring it into, you know, so other social VR platforms other than the one we're building, um, that you can find on traditional, like alt space and VR chat and that sort of thing. I'm sure it'll get there. Yeah. We, we got our formats, uh, MPEG dash. So if you have, uh, we have a no-code tool using WebXR and A-Frame where you can just create a basically drag and drop from Sketchfab, put the asset in it, it creates a web link, and then you just share the web link, and then the web link will play on a phone, on a desktop, or in a Quest 2 straight from the browser. Uh, so, yeah, well, the, when you go into Quest 2, you're actually in full walk around. Uh, so that's, there is the other, but we're, like I said, we're kind of like the low, like simplest, shortest path to distribution. So from an immersive presentation, you could, Use, you could record something with our software, you could use our no-code presentation tool, you could create an immersive presentation using Sketchfab and the assets, you can time everything. We do have a Maya thing, so you can do all that. Um, and then it publishes a web link, and then that link is playable on a phone, on a desktop, or in a Quest 2. Um, so you'd be all set. Yeah, and uh, our assets uh, are are compressed to you know streamable file sizes for everything ranging from mobile devices all the way up to the high-end headsets. Um, integrations into Unity, Unreal, Web, uh, and then obviously you can take the uh, OBJ and PNG sequences and integrate them into any traditional 3D software. So Maya, New, Kudini, all of it. Um, and then now, as of now, Snap, although that is a very, you know, still pretty new. Um, yeah. Tomorrow, TikTok, you know, you're just, yeah, you're making the rounds. Yeah, yeah. Those are tough requirements. Uh, yeah. uh, we got another question in the back. Uh, yeah, the nice lady. Um, so I'm really interested in the post-process with artists in particular, because <laughs> I work with artists every single day. My whole team makes content for from music videos to digital to broadcasts. And even just traditionally, the approval process is very difficult when you have 10 hours of shooting and multiple big angles. And obviously, I know you're talking about just jump in the car and do it. I'm ready to do it. <laughs> But when you're dealing with an artist who is very, obviously, and every right to be very particular about their appearance, and some volumetric captures can get five minutes. 
Mm -hmm. I'm, like, and we've all had the horror stories of massive investments going in, massive artists, and then they're like, no, I don't like how I look. Mm -hmm. How is that evolving? Very carefully. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's why you just got to work on making it look as good as possible because you do, you know, their image is everything and they're going to want to like the way they look on the other side. So that, that's definitely key. I, I actually, I'm happy to say we haven't had that happen yet at a meta stage where an artist has rejected something based on how their, their capture came out. So, but I will say artist scheduling is, is probably our biggest uh, pain point. Um, I, I was yeah. going to say, I was going to say, yeah. and, and I think you all brought this up and the good news is now there is a lot of examples out there, right? Mm -hmm. Like, all three of these companies have material that if the artist wants to, you know, it's, it's prep, it's prep, it's prep, right? Letting the artist know what it's, what they're going to be going through, showing them, you know, reference material that is similar to that. Um, and then, you know, as Christina said, test, right? Like if, you know, you know, now obviously artist schedules tough, um, but you know, is it, you know, have a stand in, right? Like yeah. do run a test and say, like, Oh, okay. We're going to have the stand in. And, and, you know, it depends on again, budget, like flexibility budget and things like that. But the good news is there's a lot of material out there now that is referenceable. That is a, and you call any one of these folks and say, Hey, I've got this kind of, I got this as a musician or a, a, you know, sports or fashion or whatever. Now there's enough examples out there in the wild and from these different companies that you at least have something to prep the client with. And, you know, I haven't been to your studio, uh, but I've been to the other studios and it's a client process. It's a production process, which, you know, I, uh, until very recently it was with digital domain and we would do volume, uh, we would do captured scanning of actors and they're like, what am I going through? And what's this technology? And, you know, spending the time just explaining to them, sending them the video of somebody in, you know, the, the scanning booth and things like that. So, they know what they're getting into. Um, you know, the, the BTS videos that you guys are all showing and, and they're great because it's like, oh, that's what I'm going to be doing mm -hmm. is, is a helpful part of this process. Because you just say, we're going to volumetrically capture somebody and they're like, what? Yeah. That's gonna a tough do one though. That's the, that is tough because, you know, as, as, hard, as, well, as far as the technology has gone, if you're, if you're a person who's highly, highly tuned with the very, very extreme pre precision of your image, you know, it's a tough one. I mean, that's a tough barrier. Yeah. I, I haven't had an artist say they were unhappy with it, with what yeah. they've it, seen though. Yeah. And it, yeah, there's a whole, there's a, between technical and psychological, there's a, a mix of, but I, what they're, but their, their feedback's good, right? Like, so like they, essentially what they're saying is you'll probably, once they overcome their hesitation, they generally say yes to the end product. I've had to go the other way where they say no. So I've been at least, uh, of course that was, for, well, it doesn't really matter when, but certainly I've had it where it's like absolutely not under no circumstances. And, you know, reasonably so, if depending on what your risk tolerance is. Um, so it's a tough it's a tough one for sure. Yeah. Otherwise, if it were really easy, people would be doing it every day already. Right. And they're not. So there's something there. We've we've had artists come in and they're hesitant at first, but we also try and make the experience really fun. Um, to come into the studio, make it really comfortable so it doesn't feel like this clean, techy, intimidating environment. 
Um, we had a, a certain band, a band named Onyx. I don't know if anybody's familiar <laughs> yeah. with Onyx, but oh, yeah. they came in and um, and they got really pumped up, just like you would backstage. They did an Instagram live to get them pumped up. Their fans got really into it, and then they ran into the stage and did a full live concert, and it was so much fun. And they nailed it. They they had the, all the energy of a live performance that that we captured and and everybody loved it and you know we we just hit play and let it just record everything they did we didn't want to we didn't want to miss anything so they literally ran in there and we were recording so it was it was a lot of fun and they're thrilled with what they've got um they're thrilled with what we've gotten out of it um other artists are the same way they're just they're blown away they're so excited so uh so far i haven't had any be go uh, I don't like that. I don't want to put that out. No, I, unfortunately, I am conscious of uh, we will turn into pumpkins. However, uh, we so we have to stop doing this part. We have to say goodbye to the people out there. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure these folks will be around to chit chat and answer a few more of your questions. Cool. Yeah, thanks, John. And thanks, panel. A very exciting way to end the day here. I'm going to take this off so I'm not totally muffled. Uh, I do have one uh, question as we're talking about the metaverse. I know we're over. Uh, real quick, just down the line. So you guys are very focused, and we just had a lot of questions about the reality and the sort of photo reel capture. We've seen a lot of other things in the metaverse discussions today where there are avatars. You commented on the plastic or whatever the term was, denigrating term. But, I mean, does does... You said the reverence of the real, I think, was your term. Does that now trump any other thing? Once we've seen this and we, and we, and we know how great this can be, really looking at a real person, maybe in an assimilated space, does that going to overcome you know, the, the, the kind of feeling of distance that we sometimes have when we see an avatar in a space like that? Real quick, sorry. Um, well... Yeah, I mean, I think if you experience a volumetric capture inside of an immersive experience, it makes you feel more connected and close to the the artist or the person that you're. you're it's, it's the real thing, so you know, and it has all of that power of the of the real experience. Uh, I'm not sure, you know, if you scanned one of us and then I puppeted myself. I still think it would be a, a little uncanny. I don't think yeah. we're at that point, right. but yeah. but using Hayes' system, you know, I could, you know, there could be a a soldier, you know. With, you know, experiencing his loved ones overseas, and that would have, I would imagine, the power of the real experience. Yeah. I, I would say, uh, actually, firsthand experience. Um, the team uh, was was doing some R and D on on doing the concerts and the it, on you know, in VR. And uh, the day that the Travis Scott thing came out in Fortnite. They had just completed capturing an artist. And so they all sat down and watched it together. And they looked at him and he sa they said, oh, well, do, would you like to do something like that? And he looked at him and he was like, no, I don't want to be a cartoon. <laughs> so, I mean, the, the reactions we get from, you know, again, from the artists we're working with, um, once, once you've done something, uh, you know, like a concert or a performance in, in an immersive space, then you don't really want to go back. Uh, it's a really good question. I do think there's a, a lot of people with a strong desire to augment the way they look. So I would say, I think volumetric videos- Or completely change it. Or completely change. So my thing is, I, th I think there's, I think the metaverse will be, sorry, the metaverse will be successful. 
I think the metaverse will be, I'm, I'm less worried about that question than just what's the metaverse and is it going to be about selling lots of ads at the expense of all else? That's probably more sure. of a concern than anything. Yeah, it's not really, a, a, I was not concerned. I was yeah. just curious yeah, as yeah, to sort think, of where the thing, I think, right, as, you, as you said, I yeah. think some people enjoy the distance or the complete yeah, I think there's a, changeover. There's a definite, I think there's a big market and I don't want to, I want to look different somehow. So I, I'd say it's it's good to go. It, uh, yeah, yeah I, it, you have to realize that like it would be awkward if I was me in World of Warcraft. Uh, yeah. I, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's a contextual. Not if you were it's a clothed. contextual moment, right? It's it's you know how to build your digital identity and then to take it into different environments and to change it appropriately, mm. right? And you know it's again, but if you want three D realism. And that you're going to look at a volumetric method. You know, mm -hmm. if you're creating a cartoon character, it's a different subject. And that, I think it's it's what are you using the content for? It, mm -hmm. it always comes yeah, back yeah. to what are you doing? Where are you putting the character? Are you engaging with it? You know, answering all those questions help answer the how am I going to do this? Yeah. Well, and to yeah. your point too, I, you don't want to do a first person shooter game in volumetric and shoot real people. <laughs> I hope. Thanks very much, everyone, for coming. Infinity Festival 2021. This has been the Infinity Festival Hollywood podcast, a production of the Infinity Festival Hollywood and the Augmented City. You can find us on all major podcasting platforms and our website, infinityfestival.com. That's one word, infinityfestival.com. And there you'll find a full schedule, speakers, and map of this year's festival. We want to thank our presenting sponsors, Z by HP, NVIDIA, XLA, and our co-presenter Qualcomm for their support of this audio series. I'm John Gaunt, inviting you to Hollywood's Vinyl District this November for the Infinity Festival Hollywood 2022. Thanks for listening.